the songs actually did work out a little bit that way. So we we're going to talk about the gospel when we ask the question to everybody, what does... What did you learn about Jesus and things like that? So um, I guess that's along the lines of some things. If you want to turn to Romans chapter 1. I'm just going to read the passage, verse 13. Romans chapter 1, verse 13. Romans chapter 1, verse 13, for you guys just came in. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. I want you to direct your attention just to verse 16. It's a well-known verse. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for all you've done and the gospel, and through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray that you would just help us, speak to us today, Lord, use this in my life, especially, pray you be with pastor as he ministers in another church, and be with everybody else that's traveling and on vacation, pray you speak to us tonight, and encourage us, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. I was very hesitant to preach a message on this subject because really I feel like I'm the worst at trying to be a witness. And um, I talk about it a lot, but I don't actually do it. And there's, maybe I have excuses for not doing that. Um, but I, I do come into contact with a few people every day. Usually it's in a business situation. And a lot of times I'm pretty stressed out about something or I'm just so busy. And and I talked to Pastor last, whenever it was, he came by the shop and uh, a few days ago to drop off a book. And uh, he told me that I was going to have to prepare to, he asked me to preach, or he asked him if I'd be willing to preach. And I told him about, you know, this situation. I mean, I have a hard time witnessing to people. and But you know what? I just thought, well, I'm going to just preach this to myself. And most importantly, and because it's a, it's a good message and it's something that I want to hear and something that I want to, you to hear, and I want to encourage us to encourage each other, um, because this, this verse says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And this is Paul saying this. And Paul, you think about the, the situation he was in, this is before he was in prison. Of course, he, he'd probably been in several prisons and been persecuted many times before this. And, um, but he is planning on, if you look at verse 13, he's wanting to come to Rome. And Rome, as you know, in that day, it was the biggest city, it was the capital of the world kind of thing, as far as we know. And there was a, it was just a super city of culture and power and education and all these things. And Paul here is saying that I am not ashamed to preach the gospel. Um, we, we know, we, we saw, we, I guess in, the, in Acts 17, we saw 
where he went to Athens, and Athens was an old city at that time, but it was a city of a lot of culture and a lot of notoriety and things going on. And he saw all the gods that were around and the uh, the statues and things, and he was moved and grieved. And even in that situation, he didn't back down. And Paul, Paul, he had a lot of things he did in this past, but he was not ashamed to preach the gospel. And I want to ask that question, why was that? Well, he gives a little bit here. I want us to look at that tonight. Um, But I want to ask this question. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you haven't trusted Christ. We ought to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Me as a believer should, should say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why is that? Look at this phrase here real quick. The word ashamed uh, means embarrassed or guilty because of one's actions, characteristics, or associations. It could be reluctant to do something through fear of embarrassment or humiliation. It could just mean to feel rejected, or feel, just to have that feeling that you're rejected in a sense. And Paul could say, I mean, he was in the minority in a lot of situations. When he was going to Rome, he was in the minority. But he had a great burden, he says in, um, in a couple of things, he's in verse 14, he was a debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. He, had a, he was in debt to give the gospel out, right? So, and then he says, not only I'm a debtor, but I am ready. Verse 15, he says, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. Now he's talking to the Christians, he's talking to the believers. Now how were there believers in Rome? We don't know exactly, but at the time, even the day of Pentecost, there were people from Rome, there was Jewish believers, Jewish people, that uh, heard, the language, heard the preaching in their own language, and they most likely possibly went back. Uh, there was lots of preaching up until last time. This may have been many years later, obviously 10 or 15 or 20 years later, after Pentecost, possibly. So um, the gospel had gotten there, but it wasn't, it wasn't really, it may not have been established, and that was the reason why Paul wanted to go there and go help them out, but he couldn't come there. You know, we know that he didn't get there till later, but he was able to write this, God used this great uh, epistle uh, to encourage that church there at Rome. So, um, but he says this, to this, he, he gives an encouragement to these people. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Um, he was not ashamed. What is the gospel? I think everybody here already knows that. It is the good news. It is good news. Um, it's not bad news. <laughs> it is glad tidings, the Bible says some, in some other verses. We'll read that one. Um, look at ver- Romans ten fifteen. Romans ten fifteen. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. It's good news. It's like, the situation is, and they, they, they probably knew of it because there was that type of warfare in that day where a situation where a person would be utterly hopeless uh, or a, a, a city may be surrounded by another army or another country of some sort. And the situation was in bad shape. You know, there's stories in the Bible about, um, you know, it's the, maybe the Jewish people or the Israelites were surrounded by the, Samarit, the, Samarit, the uh, Assyrians or something like that. Um, and it was a bad situation at that time. But the good news was some, the, gospel, the idea was there would be a messenger, a person sent out to 
the people that are surrounded, the doomed people, and they would give them an offer of peace, right? And they would offer them a, a negotiation. And that's kind of the situation. They knew what the word gospel means in their language. And that's what it was. It was, a, it was a message of good news. And so that's one thing that we understand. It was also just the person and work of Jesus Christ. We know that. We know 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. Uh, I'm not going to go there right now, but let's look in the first few verses of Romans. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. So there's the gospel of God. Look at this, verse 2, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 3, what is the gospel? Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And for by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. And he goes on. So the gospel is the person and work of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, and it is, it, it is also the answer to man's biggest need. It is the biggest, the biggest problem in the world today is a need for the gospel. It is a need for salvation. And that's what the gospel is. It's good news. And it, answers, it is the answer to the biggest problem in the world. Um, the biggest problem is what? It's that man needs a relationship with God. Man's situation with God is not good. Man has ignored and turned away from God. And the gospel says, hey, you can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And this is what God has done for you. And this is the good news. And that's what Paul was preaching. Um, you, know, I, I, you don't have to turn back there. But uh, also back in Romans 10, he says... But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, that's what Paul was preaching. Um, if you want to give the gospel to somebody, look at what Paul taught. Look what the apostles taught. That's the place we ought to start. Um, it is the so I want to look at that. We see that I am not ashamed of the gospel. Number one, why is it? Why was Paul not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Number one, because it is the power of God into salvation to all people. Uh, it is. It is God's power to the to everyone. And I've kind of already mentioned that. But it is the power to save someone. It is the power to lift someone out of hell spiritually and take them and make them right with God. It is the power. It is not like any power you can ever create yourself. It is not like any power that man can come up with. And we can look in awe at things that man has done, or even in nature, we can see some great things. We can see the sun, how much power that has, and how. I mean, if we could, you know, obviously we can use the power of the sun in a sense. But wow, there's a lot of power there. Look at a volcano, how much power we see. So there's so much megatons of force that happens when a volcano erupts or something like that. You think of like an atom bomb or some kind of nuclear bomb, how much power that can be used to destroy something. Um, but no matter what kind of power that man has come up with, it's nothing compared to this power. Why? Because it's the power of God. It's God's power unto salvation. 
And this is why we should not be ashamed, because it is the power of God into salvation. Uh, look at, I want to look at uh, Acts 10. If you want to look at back, or let's think about the story back in Acts 10. Peter was, it was that time period where there's a transition, another transition where he was, um, God talked to him, or God spoke to him in a dream about going to the Gentiles and going to Cornelius' house. Okay, so I'm not going to read the whole story, but just look at some verses if you're going to go back to Acts chapter 10. And Peter was kind of, I don't know if he was ashamed, but he was just kind of hesitant. It was a new thing for him. But he saw the power of God. He saw God's power upon these people. Um, and I hope you know the story, but chapter 10, I have the wrong verse here. Um, look at verse 22, and they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and the one that feareth God and of good report among the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Okay, so look at that, that phrase there, words of thee. What is these words? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? So he goes to there and he preaches them the gospel. He doesn't give them uh, all this religious stuff. He doesn't give them a whole lot of stuff except for the fact that Jesus Christ, who he was, he died and he rose again, and this is what they needed to hear. Um, Verse 34, he he starts to preach. And, oh man, I thought I had this verse written down. Maybe it was 44, not 14. While Peter yet spake these words, this is just the gospel. It wasn't something magical. It wasn't something that he came up with himself. Like I'm saying, this is the same stuff that we have today. And this is stuff that we we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God and the salvation to all people. And it's the same gospel that we have today. Uh, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they all began to praise God and stuff. You know the story. And and I wasn't had another verse here. Verse and he's recounting the story in chapter eleven. It was eleven fourteen, I think, is what it was. Who shall tell thee the words which whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? So these words were the gospel. Okay, um, and this that's a, it's a it's an example of how Peter just preached what he was supposed to preach, the gospel of God, and that's something that we should do. We just we're not supposed to come up with something new or different. We're not supposed to um, make the gospel more appealing necessary, necessarily. But just give the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and then it's good news. Someone can have a relationship with God. Um, so and I, that's kind of what I'm getting at. How do we have this power of God? Well, it's just, we already have it. It's the gospel. It's something that we have if we're saved. It's already in our lives. The Holy Ghost resides within, within us. Um, so it's something that we already have. It's not some program, there's some new program that we're going to look up. And there's a lot of things going on. How can we think about wit- reaching people? And there's certainly things that we can do and tools that we can use to reach people with the gospel. But you know what? It's just the basic, it's just basic things that we already know. That God's already given us. How are we saved? It's just the gospel, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I'm, I'm telling you this because this is something I deal with. I'm like, how am I, what am I going to do? To witness to someone. I mean, what little trick do I need to do use? <laughs> and sometimes it's really hard to c- turn the conversation. And when I'm somebody, I mean, I just use some example, a testimony of my own life. I'm thinking, how can I turn the ch- conversation around when somebody's, I'm doing business with someone. I mean, they're not coming to me to get some spiritual advice. They're not coming to me. 
I'm not a ministry there necessarily. Uh, they don't know that. They're coming to buy T-shirts. <laughs> they didn't ask for any spiritual advice. So I gotta, so, but I don't need anything else. I don't need a program. I mean, sometimes it's good to use a gospel track or a card. We have cards that, we, that the church has. Um, just something they can, they can remind them of the conversation maybe. Um, I, I, I've been thinking about just giving out maybe a Gospel John or John Romans. They have those out. Um, but it's, it has to start with something, you know. It's just something that we already have, okay? And I'm going to do it, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you accountability. I'm, I'm going to get accountability to you guys, all right? So, um, but how do... It is the power of God in salvation, not only because it's the power of God, but it's the power of God to everyone, to everyone. Look at this. I've got to go back to Romans here. All right. It says, it is the power of God to everyone. Look, just stop right there. Imagine if you had a gift, and usually with a gift, there's names on it to and from, right? Uh, What if you had a Christmas thing, and you just had gifts under the tree or something, and you just didn't have any labels on them? It was just... Who's this for? I don't know. It would be kind of awkward, wouldn't it? You wouldn't really know who to... You probably wouldn't even give them out because you didn't want to give them out to the wrong person. And that's the way we are with the gospel. Sometimes we think like, well, who's this for? I don't know if it's for that guy or for this guy over here. This guy speaks a different language. This guy looks different. He smells funny. Um, this guy's really rich and educated. You know, what would he think if I said something? But, you know, it says the gospel... He's not ashamed of the gospel because it's to everyone, okay? It's to everyone. And that gift, just imagine the gift of the gospel, if you can imagine such a thing. It's not that. But the words that we speak, it has that person's name on it. Every person that we can come in contact, it has that person's name on it. Isn't that pretty incredible? It's to everyone. Um, but it also says to everyone that believes. The power of God only can be received known to a person if they receive that gift. But we, we, we have to give it out, right? Um, it is to everyone believeth. If, you, if we go out today, if, if we, say if we, just for instance, so if we went out today and we told someone that all you had to do is to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He rose from the dead, you believe that you're going to be saved. If He believes that, He is saved. Isn't that amazing? Now we want to make we want to help him out and make sure he gets in the right path and give him a Bible and things like that and pray for him hopefully, but that's the promise that's out there. We have that promise. We have the power of God in the, in the gospel. That's an amazing gift. That's more than better than any Christmas gift that we could ever come up with. Trying to figure out what to buy someone that's a pain, you know, <laughs> and it cost us something else, you know. But we have more a better gift than anything, any kind of Christmas gift, right? It is to everyone, it is to everyone that believes. So, number one, it, we're not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God and salvation to all people. Number two, it, is, it reveals God's righteousness. Look at verse 17. <clears throat> For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For therein, what is therein talking about? It's talking about the gospel. The God, in the gospel, is God reveals His righteousness to all people. Um, I'm going to contrast that with the next point, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But God, in the sinner's mind and in the world's mind, God is not necessarily just. Um, 
there's a lot of confusion out there. It's our job to tell the world the, the gospel, the good news that God is righteous. God is right, and we're wrong. We've turned away from God. The reason the way, why the world is the way it is is because man has turned away from God, right? In the gospel, God reveals his righteousness to those that believe. Not only through salvation that we, are, we obtain the righteousness of God, but we, God is justified. I want to look at chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God is revealed. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested or made aware, made apparent, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and all upon all them that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want to, verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. In Jesus. Um, we can, in the gospel, God takes care of sin. God doesn't just wink at it and say, it's okay, you're a sinner, you can come on into heaven and you can be with me. God, in the gospel, through Jesus Christ, has been completely righteous and just. Uh, you know, the example is a judge. They think of a judge that would sit and would let people off the hook just because he's a... Some people say, well, he's a good judge, right? He's a nice guy. He's the best judge around. We, let's, we would say, no way he's a good judge. He's a terrible judge because he's let criminals off the hook, right? Imagine if somebody did harm to someone in your family. And a, the man sat before the judge and he, he let him off just because... Maybe he has some kind of issue. I don't know. So that was a terrible judge. No, God is not like that. He will do right in every situation. And, the th- and the, that truth is revealed in the gospel. So we are not ashamed of the gospel because it's something that reveals the righteousness of God. That's something that nothing else can do. Only the gospel. Only Jesus Christ. Uh, man has no righteousness. Uh, turn to... Chapter 10, verse 4. Chapter 10, verse 3. The Jews were, you could say, they were the most upstanding people you could ever think of. Um, Look at verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, that's God's type of righteousness, the righteousness that is of God, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Uh, the Bible, we've already read that. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, many times the, the, the Bible, Paul specifically, will deal with <clears throat> that issue of being saved by grace and not of works. And that's usually dealing with the, the situation with a believer not necessarily an unbeliever. He's writing them to the church. He's writing to the Ephesians or the Romans or the Galatians, and they had the big issue in Galatia um, of thinking that they were saved by works, or maybe they were better Christian because of works. Um, but only through the gospel is what I'm getting at here. Through the gospel, it reveals that man is not righteousness righteous at all. And the fact that we claim that we're righteous in any way um, 
is totally unfounded. That's what Paul usually is getting at. Um, the, 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 the relationship in salvation is that man has willingly turned away from God and that our sin is against God himself. And so when we say, well, I'm a pretty good person, is totally irrelevant to the situation that I have sinned against God himself. I need God's forgiveness. I need God to take care of my sin. I need to go to God and accept his offer of forgiveness. Um, so no man, there's, man has no righteousness in himself. Um, and it says here in verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What does that mean? I mean, I, I think this means, and it, and it says, as is written, the just shall live by faith. That's kind of two ideas closely related. But it's something that's revealed only through the gospel. Uh, you know that Jesus Christ lived on this earth, and he had a public ministry before he was crucified, and yet they did crucify him. They did, most of them rejected him. He was not revealed necessarily to all people in a spiritual way. Only those that believed, right? Only those that were believers. Um, but just because Jesus was on the earth doesn't... I mean, some people say maybe that if God would come right down right here and, and show himself to me, I would believe. Well, that already happened, and that's recorded. And Jesus, Jesus did that, and he was rejected. Um, but... God is revealed, the gospel here is revealed just to people, those that believe. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel to, the, to those that believe. It's by faith, okay? So that's the second thing. Not only because the power, it is because the power of, the gospel is the power of God and salvation to all people. It is also because it, the gospel reveals God's righteousness. Now, faith is something, it is the opposite of sin. Like I said, it's kind of, when we sin, we've turned. To, when a person is a sinner, he's turning away from God. He's rejecting God. He's rejecting the person of God. That's really what sin is. Um, it's also so. This faith is the opposite of sin, right? It's it's believing. It's turning to God and believing Him. It's believing the good news. It's believing the gospel. It's something. It's not based upon any what kind of person you are. And that's what it's saying here. And I kind of skipped over that. The just shall live by faith. Uh, it isn't based upon what kind of person you are. Um, you know, that's the little line from Dr. Seuss' book. A person is a person no matter how small. The gospel is to anybody no matter how small, no matter how high. Um, it's by faith. It's not to any certain people. And that's why we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's what I'm going to get back to, okay? Um, when we go out and want to think about preaching the gospel or, or being a witness for, for God, we understand that it's by faith. We know this already, but you know, all a person does has to do is just believe the gospel. It's not based upon who they are, how educated they are, and that's the thing that Paul dealt with as well. When he was going to Rome, he didn't care about all that stuff. He didn't care about who they were necessarily. He tried to reach every person, but he wasn't ashamed of the gospel but in the light of that all that culture, like I was saying. So it reveals God's righteousness. Also, the next thing is, in verse 18, is he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because, there was a, because God's wrath is revealed to the world. There is a great need for the gospel. And Paul deals, deals with this in these next few verses. I'm not going to go through, the, through all of them, obviously, to the end of the chapter. He actually goes out all the way to chapter 3. 
in just bringing the whole world guilty before God. He's bringing them into the courtroom, in a sense, and saying, hey, we're all guilty, we all have sinned, but this is why we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because the wrath of God is revealed to the world. In verse 17, I was trying to get at, the, the righteousness of God is not necessarily revealed to everybody, it's to those who believe. The, the gospel is something that reveals is revealed to those that believe. Verse 18, though, the wrath of God and who God is in the next few verses is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth or possess the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them. So one other reason why we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ is because God has already universally revealed that all people are under judgment. Um, And it it goes into that quite a bit. They know who God is. They know that they've consciously turned away from the knowledge of God. They've They've accepted their sin. And that's the way we all are without Christ. But that's why Paul, and that's why we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because there's a world out there that needs good news, right? This is the bad news. Man, there's, there's so much bad news out there, it's, it's overwhelming. You could read this and it looks like the newspaper, <laughs> you could say. I mean, I don't know. And that is really hard with things going on in the news and the way things are changing about what's right and what's wrong anymore. All of it's just symptoms of, of a big problem. And it's this problem right here of rejecting God, and we understand that. Everybody's a sinner, but still, we're overwhelmed by that as, as well. And so... We have this great message, this power of God that is to all people. And that's why we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, When we go out and witness to people, we see that the judgment of God is upon all people. That's, That's the big thing. I already mentioned that. But also that every person has this knowledge of this revelation. When we go to someone... I'm not saying we've got to dig in how bad a sinner they are. There's some um, ways I've been taught and heard about that you, know, you really got to get in their business about how bad a person they are and make them feel bad. That way they'll accept the gospel. Um, the Bible says that God is the one that convicts of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts of sin. And everybody, but we have this, we know this, that everybody's a sinner and then God has already revealed. In other words, God has already spoken into their life about the fact that they're a sinner. Now, doesn't mean they're going to accept the gospel right away, of course, but they are going to stand in judgment with that knowledge and the truth that they have rejected the truth. It's not something that they're just innocent people. And we understand that children maybe um, don't have the knowledge of sin as well as somebody that's older. But everybody has turned away from the knowledge of God. We can go throughout the whole world. We can send missionaries to countries we never could make it to. And the same situation, why? Because God has revealed his wrath to the whole world. And that's why we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So this is something that, like I said, I'm, I'm the, I really need to work on. And I felt like there's no way I could preach something like this or talk about something like this. Um, I used to do stuff on a regular basis, really. I, did I do it for the right reasons? I don't know. I, mean, I did it because I believed it was the right thing to do. 
I wanted to reach people with the gospel, but now it just seems like, oh man, it's just so hard. <laughs> and it's not, it's, it's not funny, really. It's something that's serious. And, um, you know, I should know better. And I'm just encouraging you, <clears throat> I'm in the same boat. Hey, uh, we could all be encouraged to give gospel to all people. I don't know of every situation. I, I, I tell you, what, I miss a person, I miss a person, I miss a person. And I'm thinking, man, I didn't say anything to that person. Um, you know, a lot of people I deal with are ladies, and sometimes I feel like I don't want to talk to them too much sometimes. Um, feel awkward giving them the, witnessing to them, maybe on a certain situation. But I still can give them something. I still can do something. I still can have something in place. So that's something I'm going to work on. And I want to say this too. If, you're, if you have believed the gospel in your heart, uh, maybe there's someone here tonight that's believed the gospel, they haven't made it public, um, that you are a believer. Yeah, the time is now. You need to, the Bible says, if you believe the gospel, you need to be baptized and tell someone that you're saved. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jesus said that if you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. Uh, so if you're here and maybe you're saved and you haven't made it public that you're a sinner, that you've believe the gospel, uh, you need to tell somebody. We would love to help you. Um, that's what baptism is. It shows and declares and identifies you with the gospel. It shows everybody that you do believe the gospel, okay? But also, if you're a Christian and you're just complacent in giving the gospel, I know the pastor's really been praying about this and how we can reach more people through our church. And um, we do need to have other ways of outreach, maybe. And, but you know what? He really wants us to, he's really been talking a lot about us personally witnessing to someone. But I think, man, I don't want to hear that. I tell you what. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we are, I'll be honest with you, we're hypocrites if we don't do it. Because we have this immense power that's saving power to someone that's lost. You know, I mean, sometimes we think, well, they'll never believe that. They'll never accept it. So what's the point? You don't know that. God has amazing power. Think about Peter in that example. He went to Cornelius. He would say, hey, these guys are, these are Gentile people. I mean, what's going to happen? The whole house believed. It was like a little revival because he obeyed God. And you could say the same thing about um, Philip and the, and the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, we have those examples in the scriptures. And so we know that God has this power in the gospel, that God will do things we can never imagine if we just obey God. And we cannot be ashamed of this gospel. Right now we're going to go ahead and close, and we'll, I'll pray, and we'll get ready to sing a song. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your word, and thank you for speaking to me. I pray, Lord, you'd help us and be encouraged to stand and be excited about the gospel and um, or just to reach someone this week. I pray, Lord, you'd help those that aren't saved, Lord, to um, believe the gospel and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and, and make it public. And, Lord, I pray that we would, we would just um, be faithful, Lord, to be an encouragement to each other. Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We pray you just be with him. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Kids can go, and we're going to sing a song.